So uh, I, I love when we have the different generations of people within the church. Uh, we have different age groups within the church, and it's a, it's a true blessing uh, because you get to see uh, different levels of joy. You get to see different smiling faces. You get to see uh, different people's uh, excitement. And there's, there's something, though, that cuts across ages. There's something that, like, that younger, like, like 20-something mothers and 30-something fathers and 40-something grandmothers and mothers, like, wherever you find yourself, uh, there's something that cuts across all of them. And it's called the look. See, when, 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 when you, like, like uh, don't have kids, you have this smiling face almost all the time. There's this, like, joyous presence all the time. I'm, I'm not sure what Natasha's look is going to look like because all I know is this, like, laughing, smiling face. But at some point, there's this thing that happens when you become a parent or you become a, a guardian. And, and, and it happens when you see this person that you love, when you see this child, when you see this person that you care about deeply, potentially in harm's way. And that smile that you have all the time shifts when you see them in harm's way and they don't know what's going on, but you communicate to them. You get, You know, you get, you, get the, you get the face. You know what I'm saying? And the kids in the room, the children in the room, the youth in the room, and the adults in the room have been looking around, and you look up and you see that face, and you know, don't nothing else matter. You better get over here. That face, it, it, it communicates something. It lets you know there's some danger around. There's some harm that could potentially come to you, and I need to get you in my presence. But once I got you, once you're here with me, it's, okay, all right, we're good now. You see the continents change. It goes from that, that tension to relief, actually to joy, to, okay, you're okay. All right, now you can go back and play again. You were standing on the table. Okay, good. You know? Today, the biblical writer is going to take us through kind of that range of emotions. We're in the book of Hebrews, and I would like to ask you to turn to Hebrews chapter 5 with me. The biblical writer is going to take you through a, a kind of what are you doing, get over here moment, and then have some compassion, then have some, some love, some, some, some uh, care that gets expressed. But it's not first with checking them to make sure that he snaps them out of a dangerous situation to wake them up. We've been in our series where we are focusing our lens upon Jesus. We are fixing our gaze on Christ. So much is going on in the world right now. Our elders and our team said, hey, we need to have our minds renewed on who Jesus is. And the Hebrew writer, his whole goal is to say, I know you're going through some stuff, but if you understand who Jesus is, you can get through. 
If you understand the beauty of who God is, the internal and external that you are wrestling with, you will be able to get through. And so we enter into chapter 5, starting with verse 11. It says, about this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. You've become dull of hearing. Uh, When someone has something said, uh, sometimes as a child, you can let something enter one ear and go out the other, right? You you become dull of hearing. You begin to get to a point where you're like, oh, like, I know, mom, I know, dad. You begin to get to a point where like, like, like sometimes stuff that you know, like, like you don't do, and sometimes you actually don't, you don't make sense. You become so dull of hearing that wise words get ignored and you build up your own way of thinking. Let me tell you all something stupid that I did once. Don't be saying, well, there's a lot of those, Pastor. Quiet, hold up, chill out. Let me just tell you about this one time. So, so my, my dad, I, I come in the house, I'm a teenager. My dad says, go to take a shower, boy, you stink. All right, cool. I go take a shower. I get out the shower. My dad comes in the shower because he's, um, excuse me, in the room, in the bathroom. He's grabbing something out the bathroom. I got the towel wrapped around. He's like, boy, you still stink. How you take a shower? Well, I'm like, well, you know, I, I took one. He's like, wait a minute. Boy, your underarms still stink. And I'm like, well, dad, you told me to take a shower. But you didn't tell me to wash under my arms. He, he, what you say to me? At this point, when, when he said what you say to me, my mom hears him and she knows he's about to get irritated because I didn't just say something stupid. So before I blink, my mom is now in the bathroom in between the two of us. And now I'm, I'm rationalizing this. Well, well, hold on now, Dad. You see, you told me to take a shower. You didn't say which parts of my body I needed to wash while I was in the shower. And my dad's like, what you say to me? You know, like, 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 and, and y'all, I thought I was right. <laughs> and, and I built, I started building a case on this thing. And my mom just laughed. My dad laughed. And then my dad got serious. Boy, don't, don't, don't. I don't even remember what he said. I just remember the tone was, don't defend yourself like that again or I'm going to make you look stupid. So I dropped it. But do, do you see how, how, how sometimes your mindset can start building in unhealthy ways and you can start building the things you think about and do and even the way you want to justify your actions on stupidity because you stop listening to wise words. See, the, the, the people of God in this scenario are beginning to become dull of hearing. He's, he says, you understood who Christ was, and now you're starting to fade and live in ways that don't show him. Y'all are getting dull of hearing you justify and being funky. So continue on with me, verse 12. For though by this time, and we're in chapter 5 of Hebrews, verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk 
not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Good from evil. There, there's, there's a spiritual maturity that he's calling them to, and he's saying, wait a minute, we still here? I still got to outline what you're supposed to wash. Like, like I'm supposed to be able to just free you up as believers and you be on the deeper things now. You're supposed to be advanced and we're still at this elementary level. We're still at a space where I've got to water it down for you and, 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 and give you milk. Of course, we have a starting place. And I, I want to make sure every person hears me when, no, you're not expected to join Christianity and just automatically have arrived, being perfect at everything, memorize the whole Bible, and now you're set. No, it, it, it doesn't go like that. Nor is that the expectation of a believer. We start off, we're making all types of mistakes in Christ, right? Like you, you make all types of, have all types of accidents, but you learn from them. You mature, you grow. It's a brother named, uh, I was sharing with the elders, a brother named Dehadi Lewis that I, I like a lot. Um, wrote a book called uh, Among Wolves, how to, how to disciple uh, in the hood when there's so many crazy voices trying to grab, grab the attention of people. And he said, hey, like in my home, I've got, you know, four or five different kids and my two-year-old the only job of a two-year-old is to pick up stuff off the floor and put it in the garbage. My older child's responsibilities is dishes and cleaning things at a new level. And at each age, as they mature, they get new responsibilities. The same thing happens in your faith. As you grow and walk with Christ, my, my, my grandmama's church, they used to say, uh, New level, new devil, right? Like, like every time you grow in Christ, Satan is coming, but, but Christ equips you to live for him holistically with every step you take, you mature. But, but, but don't get mature. Be a grown man walking around with a, with a baby bottle. You see that, you see that imagery here? Saying y'all are adults with a with a with a with a bottle. You warming up a bottle on the stove, grown man? Come come on. And that is how some of us need to make sure we're encouraging each other. Let's make sure that our words, our thoughts, our ideas are 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 calling us out when we sip in milk. When we call you and we like, hey, let me tell you how I told off my cousin. You still sipping milk, bro? Let, let me tell you the argument I got into with my spouse and how I cut him with my words. Or I cut her with my words. We, we still on milk, sis? Let me tell you what I said to my child when she tried to respond to me in a different way and I had to cut her down and let her know who was boss. That's, that's the uplifting Christ-like word that Jesus wanted you to have to be on milk, sis? Like, like, like you see there's opportunities. It's, it's not just looking here at the scriptures. We get opportunities in our own life 
to model dependence on Christ and growth. And if you don't know who Jesus is, trust me, he wants to grow you. He wants to see you reflect him and look more like him. Continue with me. Chapter six, verse one. He's trying to warn them. Get over here. We're doing that immature stuff. Verse one. Chapter 6, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. He's saying basically, hold up, hold up. There's some basics in a relationship. Raise your hand if you've ever been uh, in a in a relationship. Even if it's a friendship, if it's uh, with the opposite sex, whatever, you've been in a relationship, there's some core components that you like to be a part of a relationship. Shout out a couple of those to me. Somebody holler. What's, give, me some, give me some points that you like to be present in a relationship. Love. Love. Trust. Respect. Communication. There's just some basics, right? Like, 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 I don't care what relationship you're in. If you disrespect me, this ain't going to work out too well. We can't, we, oh, oh you calling? I'm sorry, I ain't, I, I'm busy. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the Hebrew writer here is saying, hold on, y'all. We love Jesus. There's some basic fundamentals of a relationship with God that we shouldn't have to go over again and do the milk. You should be already on stake with these things. Here they go. First is repentance, that that from death we go to life and we realize, hold up, my mind has been changed. God's given me a new perspective. I don't do all the old stuff that I used to do. And that old stuff, Lord, help me to turn from it. It's the only time that it's appropriate for you to turn your back on somebody. You can turn your back on sin. So actually the image you're supposed to have of repentance is turning away from sin. But then he also says, we're not simply turning away from sin. Continue with me in that verse. He also says, and we're turning toward Jesus. We're turning towards Jesus Christ. And so our faith is moving towards Christ. Our dependence on Jesus is growing greater. My comfort and confidence in Christ is growing as my rejection of sin is growing. I'm going away from one thing towards someone, Jesus Christ. Another key component is baptism. It says here instructions about washings, but but that is referencing baptism that that at an elementary level, you will say, you know what? Jesus is my all and I'm willing to go public with it. I'm getting baptized because I want the world to know Jesus is my Lord. That the laying on of hands would happen, that you would you would see my pain and be willing to step into it and trust God for my healing. These are these are some elementary basics that are to be a part of our relationship with the Lord. The last two says the resurrection of the dead. Family, you, 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 you can't you can't have all your all your hope in the now. Uh, if, if you are 19 and younger, raise your hand. All right. 
19 and younger. Give, give me some musical artists right now that's out that y'all like. Give me some musical artists. Come on. Shout, shout them out. Give me somebody. Billie Eilish. Okay. Toby Mac. Toby Mac all right. Toby Mac. <laughs> Boy, you're too young for Toby Mac. <laughs> come on. Come on. Give, give me somebody. Come on. Saturday Lecrae. Who? Brianna. Yep. Rihanna. Okay, so so if you go when when you are of age and you may have done this already, but you will go to a concert whenever you go to a concert, you never walk in the concert and the main person you come to see is right there. There's always a few preliminary groups ahead. So that all the late people like me can come and don't miss the show, right? You know, there's, there's always some buildup. See, the, the, the resurrection is, is, a, is, is the grand finale. It is the grand show where Jesus is going to have all things on display, make all things new, where an eternal God is going to say, judgment is now taking place and I'm going to separate those that was faking from those that was real. But there's going to be some preliminary opportunities to worship, some buildup that's going to be happening. And, and what the biblical writer is trying to get them to, rem- what he wants to remind them and remind us of is, hold on now, you're supposed to have basic excitement about the grand show. You're supposed to have some heartfelt realness about the resurrection. You're supposed to be looking forward, looking through even these acts that you don't like because you know there's going to be a final show where you're going to be excited, where you can worship, where you get to stand on your seat and say, hallelujah, it's coming. And I got to remind you of that. See, he's giving them this, this stern warning to grab them back and to wake them up. And it's good waking up for us, too, because sometimes we get so concerned about the opening acts. We miss the focus of Jesus Christ. We, we're so concerned about the here and now and, and, and political and all da, 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 you name it, that it steals all of our attention and we forget to look heavenward not removing ourselves from the day-to-day, but recognizing that the day-to-day isn't the final act. He's saying, come on. These are the basic things that are supposed to be present. Continue with me, verse 3. And this we will do if God permits. For if it is possible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who've tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come. And they have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. What's going on here, Pastor? Um, I, I, have, uh, I have family and uh, with, with family and with friends, there's a few like unspoken codes in the hood. Uh, here, here, here's one of them. If we all together and we all going somewhere and it's three of us and three of us are walking to the store and all of a sudden 
six people come out of a house and those six people want to fight us and beat us up. Now, if all three of us get beat up and all three of us walk home together, man, we going to care for each other's bandages. We going to like take care of each other. We going to be like, man, that was a crazy scenario to just happen. Like, I don't even know why they did that to us. We're going to be in pain, but we're going to be in pain together. That's a bad scenario. That is a, a horrible thing that happens, and, and, it, and it hurts physically and it hurts emotionally. But if three of us are walking and six people come out of a house and they want to fight us, and one person or two people leave and run and they leave the one person to get beat up, what's going to happen when that one person gets home and tells the family? See, in my family, if you left and ran and you left the person that you loved and allowed them to get beat up, when you got home, you got towed up and we might send you back down the street to go ahead and get, you know, like, like, like you don't abandon your folks even if it means pain. You endure the pain together. This biblical writer is saying, hey, even if you've tasted Jesus and, and now I told you about Christ and we all are about Jesus Christ together. And then I start to say, no, Jesus ain't real. Jesus ain't nothing. I don't even know why I believed in Jesus. And what I started with was something that blessed and encouraged the crew. And now what I'm doing is rejecting him is saying, you can't flip-flop in and out and be like, well, uh, no, 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 actually, I'm back with Jesus. No, actually, Jesus, I don't like. You can't flip-flop back and forth because all you're doing every time you flip-flop back and forth is re-crucifying Jesus. You keep making him have to die again and again and again, and he's experiencing this pain as he watches his name be rejected. As he watches you in fear abandon your faith. And so this verse is specifically a call to say, wait a minute. Don't reject Christ. Don't reject Christ. Be careful because rejecting Christ has a consequence and the consequence could be eternal. Now, you and I have to wrestle, right? Like, like. If you know somebody that was a Christian and then they rejected Jesus or no longer walk with Jesus, like that is some of the journey of people. Right. Some people have have was raised in the church. Then they became adults, went their own way and came back. So this verse isn't saying that like. You can never struggle in your faith or you can never reject God. What it's saying is be careful about the way that you reject God because he might just let you stay in that rejection. You might reject him once and come back. You may reject him twice and come back. You, you might have this life that's crazy and turbulent, but apostasy is final. Saying I'm good with you is final and it has an eternal impact on your soul. And so the warning is 
Don't get comfortable rejecting. Because <laughs> you may just end up staying in that state. That's the final, like, that's the tenor of this entire text. That's the tenor of, this, of these verses. That's the, 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 the real heart behind what the writer is trying to say to them, as we can imagine that some are being persecuted, and when the persecution hits them, some of them are saying, oh, you know what? Being burned for Jesus, I ain't down with that. Having something cut off for Jesus, I don't know if I'm down with that. Like, like, and so the writer is trying to say, hold up, don't forget the end. Don't forget the final concert. Don't forget the person that you look forward to seeing. Don't forget Jesus. He is worth it. We're going we to come back to this because there's something in here that, that grabs the attention of each person. And, and let, me just, let me just jump there for a second. Because people ask when they, we, okay, so the writer who's writing this that wants me and you to get the point he's trying to make is don't reject Christ and get used to it because you might just get so comfortable that you stay rejecting Christ. That's the point of the writer. But when we look at it, we see a couple of words in here and they are where is fall away uh, in verse six. And they have fallen away. And we come to it and say, uh-oh, it say fall away. So, pastor, can a person fall away from God? Well, that ain't what the writer talking about. That's not his goal. His goal is for you to not reject. He's not trying to build a case upon falling away. But since we're here, we got we to gotta work through it a little bit. All right, so let me, let me, let me like just back up. We're going to do a little, a little scripture chasing, but if you stick with me, I think you'll have clarity by the end. So, so uh, imagine if you're in a, in a room and there's one way in, one way out. It's kind of the way the, 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 the start of humanity is, right? Adam is, the, is, is one that starts our understanding of sin. I mean, I mean, unfortunately, Adam rejects God and that sin comes into all of our lives. So we all have rejected God because we inherited some stuff from our parents. And just like some of y'all got beautiful eyes and beautiful hair and beautiful teeth and you look like your parents, you've inherited some spiritual stuff called sin from Adam. So Adam, think death, hell. Jesus, though, comes and dies for our sin, and Jesus restores us. So if sin entered through Adam, sin exits our life through Jesus. And so you are able to live a new life, and when you think Jesus, think life and heaven. Adam, hell, Jesus, heaven. So now you have a chance and I have a chance at new life. But God only looks at those two human beings. He doesn't look at all of us just as individuals. He looks at the, the painful rejection that Adam brought forth and the healing sacrifice that Christ brought forth, and it covers us. One covered us in sin, the other covers us in redemption. And then we start to get some of these beautiful mysteries take place, all right? If you can 
you know, stay there in Hebrews 6, but you can flip a little, start going towards the back of the Bible. If you hit Revelations, you went too far because we're going to go to 1 John chapter 2. It's just one verse, and I'm going to say it so you can understand quickly. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And it simply says this. It says, he is the propitiation or he is the, the, the satisfying payment for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That Jesus died to save those who are in him, but he died so that all could be saved. So that all could be saved. But then there is this thing that happens. This thing that happens where, where you got to make a choice, where I got to make a choice, where, where belief begins to play a role in all of this. If you, all right, now using 1 John, jump back to the book of John, which was, uh, I don't know how many books that is before Hebrews, but uh, book of John chapter 10 says this, as Jesus is talking with, uh, with, with, with people who are rejecting him, with people who are uh, showing him anger, with people who don't like him and don't like for what he stands, he says this in chapter 10, verses 26 through 30, he says, you do not believe because you are not my sheep. And whenever belief is talked about, Belief is always the responsibility of the individual. Belief is the responsibility of the individual. And, and he condemns those who would choose not to believe in him. You won't believe the words I'm saying to you? You won't believe the miracles I'm showing you? What do I got to do to get you to believe? And so God longs that we would choose to believe him. But he also doesn't leave belief in our, like, in, belief is not what secures us and makes us okay all days. And I'm grateful for that because God's grace is what actually secures us for the long haul. I know I'm jumping around, y'all, but there's, there's like so many beautiful entryways into understanding this. I got I to gotta give you a little background to get you to the front. Romans chapter 8 says this. Verses 37 and 38, it says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That there's nothing that can separate us once we are in him. So, so, Pastor, explain all this to me. I've, I, I came up with a, with a few scenarios, and then one of the, one of the people who I feel uh, I don't know at all, but his ministry over the years has, like, pastored me over time. His name is Dr. Tony Evans, uh, and he gives this example, and, and I think this example will help us all understand uh, what does it mean to fall away, all right? 
Give me, give me, give me three more minutes of your time, and I think you'll have a little bit more understanding that, that God, through Christ, loves us, expects us to believe in him, but also does some amazing work where he draws us to himself, but you still got a responsibility. Here we go. So he says, if I buy uh, in this room where we got 50 people, uh, nope, sorry, online, y'all don't see them. We got 700 people in this room, people online, okay? 700, it's full in here. Um, <laughs> we got 50 people in the room. If I buy all 50 people a Coca-Cola uh, because nobody in the room could afford it, nobody has money, and I cover all the costs, no cost to you, I pay for it myself, now that, that, that Coca-Cola is able to be received. And I say, whosoever will let, whosoever would come, come and drink of this Coca-Cola. That's kind of a playoff of Revelations chapter 1, verse 2. It says, you don't have to pay anything. I'm offering it to all of you. And all 50 of you reject it. All 50 of you give me reasons. Pastor, I don't like sugar. Uh, Pastor, I prefer uh, uh, Fago. I like uh, grape pop. Uh, fat, fast. I'm on a diet. Everybody gives me different reasons why they are rejecting the Cokes that I have bought, that I've paid for on your behalf. All reject and then all leave and go out into the foyer. But I'm not going to let what I've paid for go to waste. And so now I come out into the foyer and I say to 25 people, I've elected that you will receive one of these Cokes. I am saying to you, here is another opportunity for you to receive these Cokes and take what I have paid and what I have already bought that you could never purchase. I explained to you, this is not by an act of your own will. This is you having the opportunity to believe and accept my offer. I called those 25 back in. And though those 25 come back in, I treat each of those 25 maybe a little differently. Maybe of those 25 that I accept, I say to Scott, Scott, would you like a Coke? And he says, yes. And then I say to Alicia, would you like a Coke? Would you like a Coke? Would you like a Coke? Maybe I say to her 50 times, and then she accepts on the 50 time. See, the offer is, con is it ranges differently, and we know that because look at our lives. Some of y'all accepted Christ the first time you heard it in Sunday school as a two-year-old. Couldn't even spell your name, but say, I, I believe in Jesus. And some of you, it took a, it, how, many, how many times you done banged that head and then you said, oh, oh, okay. But, but your belief still was real. Some heard the gospel once, some heard it 50 times. By the way, I still have another 25 people who are out in the fellowship hall who I've not been unfair to. Because initially I offered it to all 50 and everyone rejected it. I offered them the opportunity to be spiritually refreshed. And here's the interesting part. 
because there's the elect that have responded, but there's also an opportunity to still believe for that 25 that's out to realize they've made a bad decision and to choose Christ. If they should choose to come back, now they are too a part of the elect, the elect. And once you are a part of the elect, don't worry, spiritual refreshment continues. We got a McDonald's ever flowing Coke thing in the back that'll just keep filling you up. Bad analogy, sorry. The point is, it is continual. And guess what? I now am responsible for making sure that you are cared for forever. Carrying you to the end. Even when you make silly choices, I will carry you to the end. I love that Romans verse because it says, uh, neither death, life, angels, rulers, powers, height, depth, nor anything in all creation. And I love Tim Keller because he said, are you a part of creation? Or do you find yourself in that story? Yeah, somebody with some whacked out theology can't come and steal me away from Jesus, but I too can't steal me away from Jesus. That he grabs me and holds me, and I'm thankful that he keeps me. Nothing can separate us from his love. But also, there's an opportunity to choose to reject it. And this verse is saying, wait a minute, y'all, wake up. Grow up. You be mature. Accept him. Don't reject him. Believe in who he is because there's an eternal weight on your decision. Continue me in verse 7, y'all. We're going to get ready to get up out of here. For land that has drunk the rain often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. The writer's using one of those agricultural illustrations. He's saying, hey, like, like just remember, like, like what you do when you, excuse me, celebrate Jesus, like, like that can reap a harvest. People can be encouraged by that. But also what you do when you reject Jesus and were formerly somebody who walked with him, that can bring forth pain. That can bring forth thorn and thistles. That can make folks like, oh, man, if, if this dude was a pillar and he's walking away, then I didn't have half the faith he had. Maybe I shouldn't believe either. Right? Like it can have a downward cycle. And he's saying when you behave that way and, and have the potential to cause others to leave the faith, you're kind of worthless. You can't, you, you're no longer, it's, it's, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't personal, but, but if you consider like, like, like we, we got a vacuum. Our vacuum does a great job. Our vacuum's purpose is, to, is to, to suck up and make our floor clean. When the vacuum stops working and is broken, what good is the vacuum? We were created to bring God worship, to glorify him, to celebrate him, and to do so in community. Whether you say Jesus is Lord or you bring somebody a nice hot meal, give them an encouraging word. Whatever it is, you can be a blessing to someone, but you also can help steer them in the wrong way. 
You can make them be like, well, dang, if that's the type of God that they serve, I don't want to serve that God. Because people looking, right? People see you. Come on, y'all. We're in these last three verses, and we up out of here. So, 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 so chapter 5, verse 11 to chapter 6, verse 8 is the, I said, get over here. It's that, it's the, it's the, it's the look. I can't even do the look when I'm trying, y'all. The look be real. You know what I'm saying? I need one of my kids to do something. Son, stand on top and grab that light so I can do the look. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. And my kids be ready to do it. You know, the look is something real, you know, and that's, that's what he, that's what, but now he's like, okay, I gave you the warning. I, I got you ready. I taught you and prepared you for the long haul so you could be about heavenly things. I helped you understand rejecting God ain't right. I also helped you understand the beauty of who God is and how he loves you, cares for you, but that you got to believe in him. I got you right. So now let me get you with some compassion. Look with verse nine. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I want you to be imitators. I want you not to be lazy, not to be sluggish, but I want you to, through faith, have patience. And he says, I want you to have better things, better things, better things. Come on now. That's what I'm saying. Look, I, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I, there are small joys that I get to have. One of my small joys is, is after a long day sitting down with, with a nice big old sandwich. Come on now, let's go now with a nice big old sandwich, a cold drink, iced tea, and a big old bag of chips. Oh, you going that route? Yeah. Well, we say, come on, we're we going to talk. Right now, we're on, we on the chips. Ah, well, you back now. So, so, we, got, so we, got, we got a meal that I get to get prepared, and, and there's something about, like, how chips just make a sandwich come alive a little bit, you know? And one of my favorite chips is better made. You know. Better made. It's, 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 it's local. It's ours. We like feel connected to it. Uh, but it also tastes good. And, and I ain't tripping on Lay's and everything else. Them good. But something unique about better made barbecue chips, y'all, it just it gets you right. And and what he's trying to say here is is there is a better way. Hey, you were immature. You were doing things wrong. I need you to grow up. Eat healthy things. Don't be sipping on milk. I need you to have full meals delighting in Christ and have your behavior to reflect and imitate Christ. I need you. I need you. 
to be careful of the warning not to be uh, uh, rejecting Christ, but to embrace Christ and to imitate Christ. That ain't over, y'all. That ain't something from just when we read in the Bible. That's that's applies to us today. There's going to be a a a world waiting for you. A world that's waiting for you to reject Christ. There's going to be a world that's waiting for you to imitate something different than who Jesus is. There's going to be a world that that is waiting to be like, man, I knew I didn't want to be down with God. Look at the way he living. What will we choose? Will we choose to even as we make bumps and mess up to say, no, there's a heavenly end. There's a resurrection in sight. There is a beautiful celebration that's going to take place. And I get to be present front row of the concert of the king. Let's pray together, y'all. God, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for what you're doing in this body. I thank you, God that you have chosen us, that you continue to extend yourself to us, that some of us have accepted you right away, and some of us keep knocking our heads, making foolish decisions, and you keep providing opportunities. And maybe today is the day where we accept you into our hearts. God, I pray for the Spirit to fill us, that we would be able to live for you, not reject you, and bring you joy. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to uh, invite my worship team to come up as I extend an invitation to Christ. You are a person that's been sitting here today. (coughs) Excuse me. Thank you. You've been sitting here today or you've been viewing with us at home today. And one of the things that we are, are grateful for is that you joined us. There are many places you could have gone, and one of them could have been still in bed, and you chose to come do life with us today, whether that's on your, get out of here. (coughs) Y'all, I ain't sneezed in a while. I feel amazing, but I understand if you'd be like, Pastor, Mm, all that sneezing, come on now. Um, And so we're happy that you're here. But what we don't want to see happen is you miss an opportunity. See, there's an opportunity for you to accept Jesus into your heart, for you to believe that he is your Lord and Savior, for you to have a life changed, not changed from your own strength, not changed from your own will, but changed from God's invitation. He's saying to you, I love you and I want you to experience me fully, but you got to, you got to accept. You got to take a drink. You got to be willing to be refreshed. It's not forced upon thee. And so our offer to you is if you would like to accept Jesus into your heart, simply close your eyes and repeat after me, Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I know I'm a sinner and that you died so that I could be forgiven, so that my pain and sin would no longer separate me from God. Thank you, Jesus, for connecting me with the Father and giving me the Holy Spirit to live in me and to guide me. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, if you believe those words, if those words are real, it's not, it's not the power is not in the words, the power is in the belief of what you're saying. Then we celebrate Jesus, we celebrate you loving God, and we are trusting God to transform your life. Hey, if you did accept Christ today, afterwards, just come up and see me. I'll be up front. We are a church that, would, that wants to love you and walk with you as you grow in Jesus. We are going to... Uh, celebrate Christ in song.